Happy Thursday, everybody. 14 games on the schedule yesterday. Let's talk about it. We've got buy or sell from me, your faithful host, and from the listeners, our faithful listeners. So, uh, yeah, going to be a good show today. Talk about some standouts, some guys that you might want to drop, or maybe you think they're by lows. I will ask Heath and Scott. And prospects. We are going to talk about prospects today. People are buzzing about Alex Reyes and Dustin Fowler. All right, Heath and Scott. Hello. First to Heath Cummings. Hello to you, sir. Hi, Adam. What a great night last night. Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the bandwagon fan, Heath Cummings, is a Celtics fan. You should know. You should know this. Wait, how am I a bandwagon <laughs> fan? I'm a fan of yeah, I've been a fan of the same team for 33 years. Because they I mean, were good. it started because you were a bandwagon fan. Yeah, it right? started because I was a fan of basketball in the Midwest with no team within eight hours of me. It's it is kind of crazy Missouri doesn't have a team, right? Right? Yeah. Oh, very, very. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, enough of that. Scott, hello to you. Let's get on with the show. Sure. Buy or sell. Garrett Cole is the number one starting pitcher. He is currently number one, but buy or sell that he, you know, will continue to be the number one starting pitcher in fantasy baseball. Garrett Cole. I don't know what upside there is to moving him ahead of Scherzer especially, but I would say Kluber and Sale as well, just because, like, you have no reason for skepticism with those three. But, like, I, I could see him being number one. For the most part, I buy what he's doing, the changes he's made to – um his arsenal and just the way the Astros have mined the data to get the most out of him, like they have so many others. I I think he's really this good, but like why why would I move him ahead of Scherzer when there's no reason to doubt Scherzer? You know what, what what's the name of this game, Adam? Buy or sell? Oh, okay. So uh, I sell. Heath, you sell? Yeah, I, I will sell. I I have Garrett Cole fourth in my starting pitcher rankings. I could not put him ahead of Scherzer for sure. I could possibly get him ahead of Sale and Kluber. Buy or sell, number two. Buy or sell, Heath, Michael Franco is breaking out. Listen, anytime Michael Franco or Nomar Mazzara does anything good at all, I'm going to buy it. So, yeah, I believe that Michael Franco may finally be living up to what it has looked like for a long time he could be. Yeah, uh, Scott, buy or sell, Michael Franco's breaking out. So I don't see any underlying changes to suggest he is. The one the one change to his bat of ball profile is he's pulling the ball more. Um, you know, he's always been a guy with theoretical power who makes a lot of contact but doesn't hit the ball especially hard. And he stopped I'm, popping out a lot more. Has he that popped, happened? That he, would help. That his would help. pop-out rate over the first four years of his career – North of 15%, which is just sky high. He's at 8.3% this year. Cut it in half. That's good. Well, that, that would help, but I'm, I'm still skeptical. I mean, he's been, he's had hot stretches like this in the past and he's been a disappointment for several years. So I sell. Franco or Beltre? I will take Beltre. Yeah, I'll still t- take Beltre. Uh, I don't know if we did this yesterday, but Franco or Seeger? Um, I would take Seeger. Okay, buy or sell, Nomar Mazzara is a top 30 outfielder. Buy it. It's just so rare for a player to be as good as he was, and it wasn't great in fantasy, but as good as he was, as young as he was, he's hitting lefties, he's hitting for more power. There's no reason not to buy it. So we found the one Mazzara believer of, of uh, you know, Chris Heath and I. Because I'm I'm a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. I, I know he's young and has a lot of theoretical upside, but it doesn't make sense that he would be having this kind of power breakout with a fly ball percentage of 25. Like that's that's everything we've complained about about Yelich and Hosmer over the years. Except the difference for those two is they're good hitters apart from the home runs. They get on base a lot. Uh, they project to hit for a high average. Mazzara doesn't like he needs to be a big home run hitter to be a fantasy standout now 30 isn't a particularly high threshold top 30 outfielder so maybe he could be that but i don't see this i'm skeptical that the huge breakout season is happening i don't think he's going to maintain a 38 percent home run to fly ball ratio i would agree with that but he doesn't have to i think to, he does what else does a, he do well? to, to be a top 30 outfielder if he has a 40 percent hard contact stays- rate if he stays healthy, there's a good chance he's a top 30 outfielder, yes. Because that's true for most full-timers. 
Uh, well, okay. Well, it hasn't been true for, for Nomar Mazzara, but he's already halfway to his home run total from previous seasons. He has 10 home runs. Mazzara hit two more yesterday. Heath is more willing to buy it. I'm just going to pull up the rankings now. I'm going to stall while I get the rankings up and take a look at guys who are at, you know, about 30th overall. And we're talking, uh, we're talking Michael Conforto, Ryan Braun, Johannes Cespedes, Nick Castellanos, guys like that. Do you think that, that Nomar Mazzara is in that group with Castellanos and Cespedes and Braun, et cetera? Yes. Certainly Conforto. How is Conforto that high? Uh, Heath has Conforto. Oh, you're, so you're looking at our rankings as opposed to actual production. Yeah, yeah, I'm rankings. Okay. Rankings, yeah. All right. Look at Conforto, I have a good ways back from those others. Personally. Yeah. So yeah, I would 38. put Mazzara in the same class as him. Oh, well, you have Mazzara top 40. Heath has Mazzara right around 30th overall. I, I, I do wonder though, I, I, I mean, I want to say maybe he's a sell high, but I don't know that that's true because I'm not sure who is buying it right now. And I don't know what you. Oh, I think a lot of people would. He's been a buzzable player since he broke through. And so I think the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, hey, he's look, he's breaking out. But I don't know. Looking at the supporting numbers, I'm skeptical. Would you sell Mazzara straight up for Gregory Polanco? Yes. Ooh, I don't. I don't know. That's that's really close. Oh, I got one. Would you sell him straight up for you, Darvish? Oh um, yeah. I I probably would. But I I could not be more worried about you, Darvish. I am uh, I might be offered in a thirteen team roto league in which I need hitting. I might be offered Ian Kinsler and Michael Brantley for you, Darvish. And I hate myself for considering it, but I think that it's not that bad of a trade. Kins- what is it? Kinsler and Brantley for you, Darvish. Because I also am quite worried about you, Darvish. Why would you not make that trade? I would be what, getting. What are, you, what are you guys worried about? Wait, I would be. I would be getting Kinsler and Brantley, Scott. Not not getting. Darvish. Oh, oh, no. It's it's bad, right? What, like, it's why, bad. why are you so worried about Darvish? First of all, other other than the fact that obviously he's off. To I'm a worried start. about what Jim Bowden said about him on CBS Sports HQ. By the way, you should watch that on your Roku. That his elbow is that that his his arm slot has changed, and it, it might be a cause of a it might be a result of a shoulder injury. However, I'm, uh, if it's, okay. if I mean, not, he might be right, but he's not, you know, he's not a pitching coach. He's not a doctor. It, well, it is just one man's opinion. It, it's not. Who's like, not he, even here to Darvish. So it, it's not just that, though. I mean, his swinging strike rate is way down from any point it's been in his career. His caper nine looks OK, but the K percentage is also way down. And it was trending down last year. And he's walking too many people at the same time. It's it's a really bad combination. Yeah, and, and Scott, just to finish on the Bowden thing, I also feel like if if it's not, and he didn't say it's a shoulder injury, he said it might be they have to look into it. If it isn't, then that probably means that this is just a mechanical thing for Darvish, and if he can get that right, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that trade. I'm not gonna do that. Trade. Seeing as he has a history of mechanical issues, both like each of the last two years, he had some really rough stretches. Uh, and then it was like, oh, he tweaked his mechanics, and look, he's dominant again. Like that's, I, I feel like that's the way it's going to play out for Darvish this year. Okay, I think we've convinced, I've convinced myself, and you have convinced me. I will not accept that trade of Brantley and Kinsler. Brantley, though, I mean, like Brantley's playing really well. Uh, all right, all right, moving on. Two more buy or sells from me. Then we'll get into the news and notes and the standouts. Carlos Carrasco with a complete game, 14 uh, strikeouts. Do you need to add Jaime Berea? Tyler Clippard got a save. We will, of course, talk about that 17% own. All four of those save candidates pitched yesterday for the Blue Jays, and Clippard was the one who got the save. Uh, Corey Canable pitched the seventh. So, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it all. Uh, buy or sell, Nick Markakis is a top 30 outfielder. Currently, he's sixth in points and tenth in roto. He homered again. Markakis is batting 338. Scott White, Nick Markakis, top 30 outfielder, buy or sell? I mean, I think it's feasible in a points league. Um, I I actually wrote about Nick Markakis on Tuesday, and I feel like he's. We've always viewed him as a high floor guy, but low ceiling guy, and that's you know that's still true. But I feel like that's the sort of guy that plays up in a deep lineup. You know, he makes a lot of contact. He gets on base. If he can get back to being a 90 RBI, 90 run scored guy like he was early in his career with the the Orioles, 
um, and he can maintain a fly ball rate that makes him capable of 15 home runs, 15 plus home runs, then I don't see why he couldn't be that. Like I'm, he's, he's performing over his head so far. There, there's no doubt about that, but I don't think it's crazy to think he could be a fixture in your lineup all year. Like he could be that, that, you know, yeah. that, that, that decent. And like I would take Nomar Mazzara over him, so I understand I'm putting a positive spin on Mark Akis and a negative spin on Mazzara. But the thing is, we well, have much higher expectations for Mazzara coming in. Yeah. yeah, I, I, it's as simple as I think there's a pretty good chance that Mark Akis finishes as a top 30 outfielder in a points league if he plays 150 games because of this start. I do not expect he'll be a top 30 outfielder for the rest of the year, especially in Roto. And you look at like the batted ball profile for him, his fly ball rate is 33.9%. His career fly ball rate is 33.4%. Yeah. The, the years one... it's been, the years it's been closer to 35 though are the years he would hit, you know, around 15 home runs as opposed to the eight he hit last year. The uh, only thing that's really changed is his home run to fly ball rate is double what it is for his career. It hasn't been over 10% since he played for the Orioles in 2012. I, right. I don't buy the increased power at all. I, th- I think he could hit close to 300, sure. But this is not going to last. Okay, and uh, you, by the way, Heath, you have Nick Markakis 94th in your rank- rankings. Are you I should probably move him up outfield? a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He's another one of those guys that I, like, I don't buy it, so I haven't moved him up, but I'll move him up a little bit. He, uh, in Roto, yuck. All right, all right. Uh, buy or sell. Mitch Moreland is mixed league viable. And... uh Five game, last five games, he has four home runs. He's 11 for 21. Mitch Moreland, he has mixed league value. He's buy or sell. Not in a standard 12 team mixed league. I, I don't see it. No. Right. Sell. Last one. Yeah, where's he going to play? Uh, yeah. Well, they, they, you know, they play JD Martinez sometimes in the outfield. Like Jackie Bradley might just, might just be done. Um, so that's a Moreland has started half of the Red Sox games this year. So that's your answer right there. Yeah, but I but I think they might be fed up with Jackie Bradley's bat. Might be. So yeah. th- that's the scenario. That's the scenario okay. in which Moreland plays. Right, I moved enough. Nick Marquette gets up to 50th in points. Are okay. you happy? Yeah, I'm very happy. Buy I or sell. Forth, so we're not really that far off. Buy or sell. David Dahl will become a must-start outfielder. I still buy that'll happen eventually. I'm not anywhere close to putting him in my lineup, but they're, they have three hitters in there who are just weighing the whole thing down. And when it when it becomes time for them to turn the page on those three completely, and I'm referring to Desmond Para um, and Carlos Gonzalez, they don't even need to do it on all three, just one of them. Then I think we'll see Dahl shine. He's been really fortunate to start the year. I'm not sure that he's doing anything that should earn him more playing time at this point. I mean, he's got a 304 average, but that's entirely BABIP. He's striking out 35% of the time. I'm going to sell it. Weird thing about Dahl is that he's been terrible against righties. He has one walk and 28 strikeouts in 79 at-bats against righties. Against lefties, he's batting 261 with three homers and 46 at-bats. Uh, and he's sat against three straight left-handed starters. Um, so, you know, that was... That was, he he uh, is not a big walk guy. That is uh, one. You know what? I I think. Oh, you know. All right, I gotta I gotta stop doing this because I think that. Yeah, those numbers are not correct. Yeah, they're not right. They're he not only right. has forty nine plate appearances. Yeah, in the year. that's why it didn't make any sense to me. All right, so <laughs> I, I I will stop looking at the, the the splits that I had been looking at. I think that is a caching issue. Okay, no. All right, ready? It's ready for the real? Ready for the real stats? Yeah. Yes. David Dahl is one for sixteen against lefties. Uh, and he is actually With doing 10 quite well against righties. 433 batting yeah. average against righties. Uh, I apologize for that. So at least we got that sort of uh, squared away. All right, injuries, news, and notes. The Mets batted out of order. Oops. Clayton Kershaw threw from 60 feet. That's a good sign. David Price has carpal tunnel syndrome. Is David Price droppable in your opinion? He, we don't know. He might make his next start. And he also plays a lot of Fortnite, which could be blamed for the carpal tunnel syndrome in all seriousness. Yep. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> funny. Uh, um, wait, do you think David Price is droppable or, or no? Like, um, a, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't be dropping David Price if I owned him. I could see it in like a 10 team league where everybody streams the crap out of pitchers that he would get mixed up in that streaming cycle, but anything standard size or deeper, no. But the more pressing question, 
have either of you ever gotten carpal tunnel or some sort of hand pain that lasted to the next day from playing video games? Never. You? Yeah, I haven't either. Oh, and I used times. to play multiple a lot. Times. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty. Like, what game? I, oh, I've gotten it just from my phone before. Really? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I maybe. Uh, Embarrassing. That is pretty. That's pretty dorky. Uh, but definitely Bond. Oh, like the Golden Eye on and sixty four. Yeah. Best. I, no, uh, what I was used that? to get uh, blisters from those games that would have you like you'd have to cycle between the buttons. Okay, really a blister quickly. counts, Scott. To make a meter go up, you know, like the, you, you, and you basically like rub, the, like on the Sega Genesis, you'd rub the three A, B, yep. and C buttons. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super the, high impact. The original that Nintendo controller, the original Nintendo controllers definitely could, could cause blisters. What was GoldenEye yeah. on? Was that Nintendo 64? Yes. Yeah. Oh, best game ever. Uh, some players who are heating up. Chris Bryant, four homers in his last seven games, now six on the season, and 100, I believe, for his career. Uh, Chris Davis has homered in two straight games. Chris with a C. Still, you know, I think it was, there's only two hits, but we know Chris Davis has uh, the tendency to streak. Ender Inciarte stole two more bases. He has 10 now on the year. Delino to Shields is 63% owned. So that might be kind of a CBS thing because we have points leagues more so than the other sites. And, and I know he, he's got to be. Delino Who Shields. cares? I, I know. That's what I'm going to say. He's since coming off the DL, DeShields is 14th in points and 10th in Roto at outfield. In fantasy, 63% owned. Pretty under-owned. I, w- uh, I will say, if Delano DeShields and Nick Marcakis play the same number of games for the rest of the year, Delano DeShields will score more fantasy points. Adam. Yes. Enciarte, you said he has 10 steals. He has 15 steals. What? Yeah, he's 15 for 17. Nuh-uh. What the hell is uh, it? We need a new segment just called Fake News with Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this. I mean, it makes a big difference. He's been yeah. oh, it's 50, the 50%. best stolen base guy in the majors. What the hell? He leads the majors in stolen bases. He is seven away from his career high. I, I'm going to – heads are going to roll here. All right. I'm sorry about that. So this is an embarrassing day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not enjoying it at all. I wonder if there's any other like embarrassing stories I can tell now to just humiliate myself more. There's one that comes uh, I to wonder mind. if there's any incorrect stats here that I'm not going to catch. I, I don't. <laughs> Where did you get your information, sir? I don't think there are any other incorrect stats. Like Mitch Moreland has homered in four of his last five games, right? Uh, Seems unlikely. Yes, that's what I have in my notes, so I will agree with that. Okay. I will agree with your facts. Garrett Cole is the number one starting pitcher in fantasy, right? Uh, Wellington Castillo has gone four for eight in his last two games with two home runs and a double, so he's heating up. Mike Trout somehow did not homer in his two games at Coors Field. That series is over. That sucks. Yasiel Puig is back. Adam Eaton is getting a second opinion, so I don't even know if he's going to be back before Johnny Cueto, which is pretty pathetic. Odubel Herrera has reached base safely in 38 straight games. That is true. Wade Miley is on the deal. Why don't we play true or false? I'm going to give a note. You tell me if it's true or false. Uh, Wade Miley's on the DL. True. Darren O'Day is on the DL with a hyperextended elbow. Ah, well, that would explain why Brad Brock. Brad Brock got the save. Yep. Well, now I'm not sure that Darren O'Day is actually on the DL. If you didn't know that, I I'm not sure. Well, you know. Yeah, he uh-huh. he is. He's I'm on the DL. Sure either. Brad Brock okay. is 30 percent owned and got the save yesterday, and O'Day is on the DL. Greg Bird will be begin a rehab assignment today. Uh, Trevor Cahill's on the DL with an elbow impingement. That's a bummer. They say it's just basically sore, and he'll be back after the minimum 10 days. So if you are excited to add Cahill, I, I don't know that you need to drop him. Okay. Mark Melanson could start a rehab assignment soon. Do you think that we should stash Melanson, or do you think Strickland keeps the job? I, I would... Stash Melanson in leagues where savings are scarce, but I also want to rule out Strickland keeping the job. He's been good. Yeah, I actually have a team where we have five DL spots. It's a roto league where I've been stashing Melanson since the beginning of the year, and it's getting really tight because I think I have seven players on the DL now. Hmm. I'm going to try to hold on to him for a little while longer. Okay. Before we move on, I would like to ask you listeners a question. Are you hiring, or do you plan on hiring sometime in the near future? Are you tired of waiting and waiting and waiting for the right people to find your jobs? Well, we've got the answers for you. ZipRecruiter. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. 
and try it for free. And I've told you about ZipRecruiter. This is an amazing job site where 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. You don't have to wait long. 80% get a quality candidate through one day. ZipRecruiter goes out and finds the right people for you and spotlights the strongest applications you receive. So that means you'll never miss a great match if you use ZipRecruiter. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Now, are you a big business, medium-sized, small business? It does not matter. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. I don't know when you're going to need to hire. You may not know, but when you do, when the time is right, you want an efficient way to do this. You don't want to be sorting through resumes. So this is ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. You can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Wednesday's standouts. This guy actually didn't play Wednesday, but I promised we'd talk about him, so let's talk about Eddie Rosario. Uh, he didn't make it out yesterday. That was good. He did uh, have a big day on Tuesday and basically every other day recently. Eddie Rosario is number 14 in points, number 11 in Roto in outfield rankings or standings. Uh, Rosario is batting 291 with seven home runs. He has been great at home, which is – not uh, dissimilar from what he did last year. Is Eddie Rosario just hot right now, Heath, or is Eddie Rosario breaking out legit must-start outfielder? Uh, I'm caught somewhere in between because he was like he was really good last year as well. So I don't I don't think this is all just a hot streak, but I think a lot of it is just a hot streak. Last year, Rosario was 28th in points, 21 in Roto. And most of his production, 16 home runs in the final two months of the season. So he had a great second half. Scott, what do you think? Is Eddie Rosario legit or, you know, just, just good but not great? I think he's legit. I I think that was a breakthrough midway through last year that we saw. And he's, you know, kind of sluggish out of the gate this year, but has basically gotten back to doing that. Most of the batted ball data looks the same as what he was doing last year with the Exception of he's hitting even more fly balls, so um, there may be some power growth there. I, I hate that he doesn't walk much. You know I like my walks, but he doesn't strike out much either, and it just seems like the quality of contact he makes is good enough to carry him. Would you rather have Eddie Rosario or Christian Yelich? Oh, Yelich. Yelich, yeah. Okay. Eddie Rosario or Conforto? I'll take Rosario there. See, I think I'd still... Want Conforto's upside. Oh, okay. So let's uh, let's get into the standouts. Scott White, give me a standout from Wednesday. A standout from Wednesday. Uh, so just somebody who's popping out of my notes here, kind of randomly, is Zach Cozart. I doubt you had him in the notes, so let's talk about him a little. Yeah, he batted he, lead off yesterday, and he hit his fifth home run. He's on pace for twenty three. He's also on pace for 41 doubles, and he's doing it with the 260 Babbitt. So I feel like the things we are most concerned about, Kozar continuing from last year, he's shown he's going to continue, and um, any slowness there to his start is mostly Babbitt-related. I think particularly if you need shortstop help, he's somebody you could be buying low on right now. Question, though, on Kozar. Sure. He's basically a 250 hitter almost every year of his career except for last season with the Reds. And if I, I'll try to look up some accurate splits this time. Uh, I feel like most of his batting average was at home last year. So that, that was my concern That's that he, true. he would go back to being a 250 hitter moving away from Cincinnati and going to Los Angeles of Anaheim of California of the United States of Earth. <laughs> I mean, maybe he had a 312 Babbitt last year. Um, and he is, he, you know what, to be fair, he has been a low Abbott guy, but this is exceptionally low. And I would say, um, the fact that he's hitting the ball harder than ever, uh, I, I would not expect this to be one of his low years in terms of Babbitt. All right. Heath, how about a standout from Wednesday? I think we have to talk about Jaime Berea. We do. Like, I know the Rockies don't have a very good lineup, but to go into cores and hold the Rockies scoreless for five and a third innings, Got his most swinging strikes that he's had in a start yet with 14 translated to seven strikeouts. He's made four starts now, and three of them have been very good starts. I don't expect he's going to be a high strikeout guy, but I do expect pretty good control. That's so, I, 
I think he needs to at least move into the top, uh, sheesh, top 80 starting pitchers, maybe 75. Jaime Berea. So he's 5% owned, and he's got maybe one start or two next week. You know, you never know what the Angels rotation. But if he has one start, it's against Houston. If he has two starts, it's against Houston and Tampa Bay. Now, granted, as he's mentioned, five and a third scoreless innings at Colorado. Pretty damn good yesterday. Uh, only 13 strikeouts and 18 and a third. You're not saying must add everywhere, but Berea, top 80 pitcher, so might be under. He deserves 5%. to be more owned than 5%. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like, it, it would be hard for him to break into that group of pitchers. I've had trouble rostering all of them, like Domingo Herman and Fernando Romero, but, yeah, you know, I, I'm fine with it being outside that group, closer to like the, uh, I guess the Marco Estrada range of my rankings. Uh, would you drop a guy who's 76% owned for a guy who's 5% owned? Would you drop Trevor Williams for Jaime Berea? I think that's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Cause yeah. they're both going to be like seven K per nine guys probably with, uh, with good enough supporting stats to be, to be useful. Okay. Uh, well, somebody has to say Carlos Carrasco as a standout, right? Carlos Carrasco, complete game. Seven and a third innings, 33 hits, zero runs, and 28 strikeouts. Did I get those numbers right? Okay, no. Um, it's LOL. This <laughs> is a joke. Nine innings, five hits, two runs, one walk, 14 strikeouts at Milwaukee, 23 swinging strikes. This has been such a Carlos Carrasco season. Like, uh, uh, for some reason, awful starts. His last two, he gave up 10 earned runs at eight and a third, and uh, then follows it up with a complete game with 14 Ks and 23 swinging strikes. Anything to say about Carlos Carrasco? He's awesome and a top 10 starting pitcher. Yep. I have nothing but good things to say about him. I bet I could name 10 he... pitchers I'd rather have. How many? 10. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's not in my top 10 either. He's in my top 15, though. The three that Heath has behind Carrasco, immediately behind, are Strasburg, Syndergaard, and Severino. And then Carlos Martinez and then DeGrom. Carrasco over Severino? And DeGrom, that's, they're, they're both interesting, Heath. Well, I mean, DeGrom, if you wanted to be extra cautious with the injury, I could understand that, but Chris, Chris and I on Tuesday were talking about how Severino might be someone we trade Kershaw for. So that's, you know, sounds like Heath's a little lower on him. Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> He's only 10th in my starting pitcher rankings. He's 11th in points. Uh, 10th, 10th in Roto. And so I had to do have Strasburg and Syndergaard ahead of Carrasco and Roto. I have him ninth and Severino tenth. Okay. All right. Well, there. problem solved. We will take a look at the bullpen in just a second. But you out there, you listen to this podcast, hopefully every day. That means you love fantasy baseball. You can't get enough of fantasy baseball. That's why we've got the draft app for you. And you probably love to draft, right? I mean, we all love to draft. That's why we play fantasy so we can do snake drafts with other people and compete against them and see how good we are. You can do that every single day on the Draft app. So download the Draft app. It's easy to find. Just search for it in your app store. Search Draft. Or you can go to Draft.com. And when you sign up, when you make your first deposit, use the promo code FBTODAY. FBTODAY is the promo code. You'll get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. You'll also automatically be following me and be able to compete against me in drafts. And I play drafts all the time. I freaking love it. Of course, I lose all the time, whatever. But I am going to beat you. It's going to happen. I'm going to compete against you, and I'm going to win in draft. I love it. I just love the thrill of doing a draft. Sometimes I'll play just the early slate. Sometimes I'll play the entire day. Sometimes I'll play the night games. A lot of different options. You can also do different sports, by the way, on draft. So keep that in mind. You can do PGA, for example. Get the draft app right now or go to draft.com, and the promo code is FBToday to uh, get a free entry into a real money game when you use the promo code FBTODAY on draft. Uh, bullpen, Tyler Clippard, 17% owned. Do you think he gets the next save? Can I just say that like I can't believe Tyler Clippard is having this good of a year? I cannot believe it. He looked completely well, I, done last year. I don't know that you should believe it. I, for all of those uh, Blue Jays pitchers, the FIP does not come close to the ERA. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of job security here for Clippard, but I don't see why he wouldn't, like his FIP is 430. 
I wanted. I don't see why he wouldn't get the next save after converting this one. Okay, uh, Corey Knable pitched the seventh with the the Indians winning four nothing, Brewers trailing. Heath, what'd you make of that? Just get him some action there. Just get him some action. Just uh, you get 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 him acclimated to the role. Maybe pitch him two games in a row and then let him go back. I just wonder, like with all the success they've had with this Josh Hader finishing games off, pitching the eighth and the ninth inning. Does that happen just a little bit more often and ding Knable's value a little bit? Well, where do you guys have Knable ranked? Because he was a top five closer preseason. What about Yeah, now? he was not a top five closer, I don't believe, for me. I think I was he was closer to ninth or tenth. I had dropped him quite a bit, and I haven't moved him back up since he's returned. He's he's, he's seventh for me. I he was top he was fourth at the beginning of the year. He's seventh right now. I've got him 11th, and I could see moving him as high as 8th. Nate Jones got a save opportunity and blew it. Joke, uh, uh, Soria, Joaquim Soria pitched the 8th on Tuesday in a loss. They haven't really used one guy in a solidified role, but if you had one guy in the White Sox bullpen, who would it be? I think it'd still be Soria. Yep. All right, Brad Brock did get his, uh, his first save in nearly a month. O'Day's on the DL. Kenley Jansen, I, I think we should talk about him just because like he's kind of turned it around in terms of run prevention. He has two strikeouts in his last six appearances. Do you guys think that Kenley Jansen is back? Yeah. I don't think he's back, but I think, I mean, the velocity concerns have been pretty much put to bed, so that's that doesn't seem to be the problem anymore. I've been tempted to drop him lower than third. I still have him... You know, bringing up the rear of that super elite closer trio. But Edwin Diaz is kind of closing in on that group, and I've been tempted to drop Kenley Jansen behind him. For yeah. now, though, um, I, there's, there's, a, there's enough signs of progress for me to still consider Kenley Jansen one of the top closers in fantasy. Heath Ken Giles, uh, two straight days with a save. And he has uh, no walks and nine strikeouts this year, but nine strikeouts and 12 and a third. Ten of Giles' last 11 appearances have been scoreless. Of course, there was that one blow up against the Yankees. Uh, do you think Ken Giles is the closer for the Astros? I think he is the closest thing the Astros have to a closer, and I expect him to get the most saves. He's still a top 12 closer for me. I just, he's 12th. He, he doesn't go, and, and I don't really feel great about him being there. Okay, I don't think they play today. They don't. I was going to say, wouldn't be shocking if they had a save chance today. He didn't get it because he's pitching two straight days, but uh, they don't play today. So let's talk about prospects. Getting a lot of emails about Alex Reyes. A lot of people picking up Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Dustin Fowler was called up by the by the A's. Uh, uh, Justice Sheffield for the Yankees is now their top pitching prospect, and he was promoted to AAA. There's, there's other, there are others to talk about. Uh, Scott. What are you thinking right now about Alex Reyes? I'm thinking that there's no room in him for the rotation. Like, if they haven't found a spot for Jack Flaherty yet, and they've been floating the idea of potentially using Reyes out of the bullpen, I think that scenario, the bullpen scenario, is ultimately going to be what happens. Now, it's not going to be a forever thing. I don't think he'll get stuck there like Josh Hader seems to have. For the uh, foreseeable future, but I do think he's not going to be a particularly useful option right away. Now, as I say that, I'm thinking about how Hader's been getting saves, and I'm thinking the Cardinals have had trouble finding somebody to do that with regularity, especially with Norris dinged up. So maybe, maybe that's a way Reyes becomes valuable in fantasy, just as that pitch the final two and the third innings get a save kind of way mm -hmm. but that's so speculative at this point um it would it would have to be a larger size roster i think for me to own him in a redraft league alex reyes did make a rehab appearance yesterday and he threw well just a minor league appearance he threw three and a third four hits one walk six strikeouts did not give up a run so that's why people were buzzing about cardinals pitcher alex reyes what about vladimir guerrero jr i mean we talked about him yesterday and he is, you know, as Chris said, probably now the best hitting prospect, but he's very young. He's 19 years old. Scott, do you think we see Vlad this year? We were kind of yeah. not not really too excited about picking him up yesterday. Yeah, 
this has actually changed for me this week. I, 19 year old who hadn't played a game above class A coming into the year, I thought there was no chance when I was doing my offseason prospect prep, but he is just owning double A and like, like he's way too good for the level. He's monster home runs. He's hitting about 400 with great plate discipline. Like they're, I, how do they justify keeping him down all season if he continues to do that stuff in the upper minors? I think it's, I, I don't think they can. I think he looks like the sort of the caliber of prospect that you absolutely see debuting as a teenager. Um, so he is now in the latest prospect report among my top five prospects to stash. I don't know how soon it'll be. It may not be until the second half, but at this point, I'm pretty convinced it's going to happen. And in terms of impact, there's not a minor leaguer who uh, could potentially make as big a one as him. Vladimir Guerrero, 50% owned now, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and he's third base eligible, and he's only in double A. But, okay, I, I understand I mean, why. He could come straight from double A yeah. or with a short layover at triple A. That's not, that's not a big stretch at all. Or just nonstop. Double A to, to the pros, sure. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> okay, Oakland called up Dustin Fowler. Heath, he's 22% owned. He's a lefty, but actually hit lefties pretty well in the minors. The update I read on the site suggested that maybe he would sit against lefties. Um, what do you think about uh, – well, first of all, an email from a man named Scott who said, approve the move, drop Dexter Fowler for Dustin Fowler. I could see doing that in a roto league where I needed steals. That's what I think probably would be the biggest contribution that Dustin Fowler gives you. As far as sitting against lefties, I think that's always a concern for a young left-handed hitter. You'd like for those guys to come up and have some success. But there is also a school of thought that when you're a team like the A's that's not really playing for anything, why not let him figure out how to hit lefties? So that will ultimately determine how great his value is because he's going to need to play pretty regularly to help you in steals. Uh, Scott, we've got Justice Sheffield for the Yankees and Sandy Alcantara, or Alcantara, I'm not sure, for the Marlins getting promoted to AAA. Uh, Julio Arias is another guy, just, he's a guy, you know, he's, he could be back in the second half. Uh, it's a bad injury he's coming back from. But is. he used to be an elite prospect, so something to keep an eye on. Are there pitching uh, prospects you want to stash right now? Justice Sheffield would be pretty high on that list. He, is one of those prospects who always received a lot of buzz and I didn't totally get it because the minor league numbers were good, but not, not relative to the amount of hype he was getting, but that's changed this year. His strikeout rate is 12.4 per nine and he's still some control issues, but it, it's looking similar to like a Blake Snell profile to me. And uh Sheffield probably deserves to be talked about in a similar light. Um, but the best pros- the best minor league pitchers to stash, and this probably isn't surprising at all. They're both in my top five to stash. The best two are Nick Kingham, who, yes, is technically a minor leaguer now, and in a way we're not completely sure he's going to be coming back when the, a fifth turn comes up because Joe Musgrove is going to be back in the mix by then, and uh, and Jack Flaherty. Okay. And Scott mentioned last week Tampa Bay shortstop Willie Adamas. That could be a guy to stash. We had an email from Zach, and Zach wants to know about Franmil Reyes. And why is nobody talking about this man? He is a outfielder in the Padres organization. He is he just is, destroying everything right now. He is. He he is in this week's prospects report. Uh, he had three consecutive two homer games yes. earlier this week. He had eight home runs in a span of five days. Wow. He he is absolutely destroying the top the minor league leaderboards all over. Um, like, like, what's the combined home run total for Padres outfielders in, in the minor leagues? They have a ton of guys that just crush baseballs in the minor leagues. And they have a ton of guys, like, Franchi Cordero is a perfect example of this. Like, not high on anyone's prospect radar, really, but just remarkable tools that make you wonder, like, Okay, I understand this guy isn't hype, but what's the upside really? And I feel like Fran Mil Reyes fits into that category. Like, terrible defender, so that's why he gets overlooked. And, like, he, he hadn't been this good of a power hitter until this year, but he's six foot five, mid 200s, like, that huge frame where you expect this kind of power. And I could see him becoming somebody who surprises us. I, I, you know, among prospects to stash, he'd rank pretty low. 
because I don't see what the opening is for him. And, and again, there are a lot of reasons to be skeptical of this performance, but at the same time, uh, he deserves to be mentioned. It just, it's too bad the Padres have like five of them. Right? Yeah, exactly. I've been pretty happy with Franchi Cordero in, in a five outfielder roto league. You know, he went over four yesterday. He's hands off for me in points because his plate discipline's so bad, but he stole base yesterday, yeah. and that's what he, he steals and he homers. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. We got about 20 minutes left. We got some buy or sell to get to. I do want to talk about Quintana, Alex Wood, Gio Gonzalez. Alex Wood and Gio Gonzalez are very interesting right now because in, in a quality start league, you know, I don't know what Alex Wood is doing for you. He just never gets to six innings or more than six innings, but, um, not to say that you're dropping him, but he's interesting. Tanaka was Tanaka last night. Porcello was bad. Uh, his worst start of the year, I believe. The fringy starting pitchers who pitched yesterday, most of them are garbage, but Nick Pavetta, 56% owned, kind of stands out amongst that, amongst that group. Ronaldo Lopez had a pretty interesting start yesterday. So, um, a lot of these guys are two-star pitchers next week. Zach Wheeler rebounded yesterday. Um, let's get to it with, uh, an unrelated email real quick. Email of the day number one from TT, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com, by the way, is the email address. Fantasybaseball at cbsi, the letter I, dot com. TT says, Hannibal Lecter is the greatest villain of all time. Despite, you know, eating humans, isn't he oddly likable and still terrifying? Short and round in stature and still tucks his white t-shirt in his sweats like Grandpa would. Yet will gut you like a fish with a side of fava beans and a nice Chianti. That's a fine nomination. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't the villain in Silence of the Lambs, right? No, that was the interesting thing about him. He he was not the villain. He helped catch the villain, but he also like killed people at the end. It's certainly villainous, no doubt about that. And then he um, was the villain in in like Hannibal. Yeah, I mean it's it it gets into sticky sticky that sticky terrain of what's a villain and you know like a the Al Swearingen conversation the other day. Um, but you know, I'm fine with that. I'll allow it. Yeah, I think it's a good call. Oh, does Kathy Bates' character from Misery count? I, I can't say that's terrifying to me. I, I've seen, I saw it when I was a kid, but you oh. know, he's a lot older than than Scott and I are, like a lot older. All right, so I, I actually have a top five five villain list that I posted on Facebook like a year ago. All right, go ahead. Real so quick, I can just real, run. Real quick, hey, want. real quick, Scott, who are your top five villains? So my top villain, Benjamin Linus from Lost, followed by Light Yagami from Death Note, who's actually the protagonist of Death Note, but clearly a villain. Third is Heath Ledger's Joker from The Dark Knight. Fourth, I had the governor from The Walking Dead. And fifth, I have Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. Okay, so that's a really bad list, especially the Gone Girl uh, call, which is one of the most overrated movies I've ever seen. It's terrible. <laughs> um but you know what? I can't really comment because I don't know all those villains, and you have Heath Ledger on there. So I trust you. You're a smart man. Uh, I will grade that list. I'll just give it a C. Well, I'll give it an incomplete because I really need to do my homework on it. Email today number two is from Scott. Uh, Chris Towers said something yesterday that implied Heath can dunk. Can he? If so, I've seriously underestimated him. Uh, no. We had a bet. Uh, I lost $100. Wow. I think it was a year and a half ago, two years ago. I thought I could dunk again. I have dunked before. I got to the point of dunking a mini basketball and then uh, increased the workout, pulled a groin, and uh, never tried again. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Next segment is called bye, as in like buy low, or goodbye. So like B-U-I or goodbye. Brett Gardner, 79% owned. Would you, would you buy low or goodbye, get him off my roster? Brett Gardner. I would... Buy low in a roto league, I think. I, I mean, it, it's hard for him to make that three outfielder cut in a points league, but even there, I think, like, I think he's going to get better, and I think he's going to be a high on base guy at the top of a great lineup, and probably be worth using eventually in all leagues. But you know, those three outfielder leagues, you probably don't. It, it may be hard to fit him on your roster just because you need three guys you can use right now. Yeah, yeah, he's somewhere in the middle for me. I will buy him off the waiver wire if someone else says goodbye. But I'm not going to give up anything for him. Brett Gardner. Ian Kinsler, 73% owned. Moved down in the order yesterday as Zach Cozart was batting leadoff, as we mentioned. Kinsler batted sixth. Kinsler's batting 191. He does have three steals in 23 games, nine walks, 10 strikeouts. That's good. But it's happening all over again for Kinsler. Good plate discipline. 
Terrible results. Uh, 73% Ian Kinsler Heath. Bye low or goodbye? Yeah, I think this is, this one's goodbye. I think there's a chance that he looked like he was really unlucky last year because of the unreliable readings at the Tiger Stadium because he had a 37% hard contact rate last year and a 21% line drive rate. His card contact rate is down to 22% right now. Ah, 36 years old in another month and a half. Goodbye. Michael Conforto, buy low or goodbye? He's 78% owned. Scott. <sighs> it's kind of what I said about Brett Gardner. I think better times are ahead. But it, it would depend on what kind of league you're playing in. Can you afford to stash a bunch of hitters in your bench? And then you just can't in every format. So in, in the leagues where you can, sure, he's a buy low. All right, it's Michael Conforto. And, again, 78% owned. Batted seventh yesterday. Evan Gaddis has barely been playing. He's 71% owned. Heath, buy low or goodbye? Yeah, I was the Evan Gaddis guy. Goodbye. Really? Wow. I, I call him a buy I, low. I picked him up in a league yesterday in a 13-team Roto League. One cat. Uh, actually, you don't even need to start a catcher. Uh, whatever. Um, Why I'm, would you roster a catcher when you don't need to start a catcher? Because he's, he's still better than like Ben Zobrist, who's the you know one of the better hitters on the waiver wire. Like like here's because uh, Evan Gaddis two years ago started the season his first twenty games he batted two oh three with one home run in seventy plate appearances. They demoted him, they brought him back up. He had an eight sixty nine OPS rest of the season. So if he can you know have an eight something OPS, he's still going to be worth rostering in that league but okay i'll clarify all of my roto leagues are two catcher leagues there is no chance i would let him go and i would certainly buy low all of my points well, leagues are one catcher leagues and i'm scared to death even in a one catcher league i mean there's so much garbage starting a catcher right like yes i mean if i understand he's not playing a lot right now and you can't roster a second catcher so if you just feel like you can't put him in your lineup with the with the inconsistent playing time, I, I can understand. But, like, if I get a single-digit number from my catcher in, like, a points league, I don't know that that's so unusual that I'd be unwilling to pass up the upside. All righty. Next up, let's see who we got here. How about Billy Hamilton, 69% owned. He has one steal in a month. In the last month, he has one steal. Billy Hamilton, buy low. Or goodbye. Sure. <laughs> There's one use for Billy Hamilton. And if you need a, if you need bulk steals, I still suspect he's going to get them when he starts hitting a little better. So yeah, buy low in that scenario. Otherwise, don't waste your time. Heath, Ian yeah. Desmond, buy low or goodbye? Ian Desmond, 64% owned. Whew. I'd, I would, I'll put him in the same category that I did with Gardner earlier. I'm not giving up anything to acquire Ian Desmond. I'm not dropping him in a five outfielder league. Okay. And if somebody dropped him in a five outfielder league, you might pick him up. I'd pick him up. All yep. right. Ian Desmond. Five of his six home runs have come on the road. That's an encouraging sign, I guess. Domingo Santana, 64% owned. Buy low or goodbye, Scott. Five outfielder, buy low, three outfielder. I don't know that he makes the cut. Domingo Santana. Jason Kipnis, 48% owned Heath. Buy low or goodbye. One for his last good. 20. Yeah, goodbye. Another second baseman that was not good last year. He's not 36 years old almost like Ian Kinsler is, but <laughs> he's hitting the ball like he is. <laughs> okay, Jason Kipnis. And Scott, Matt Davidson, still top 16 third baseman. Hasn't done all that much since opening day. He has uh, one extra base hit in his last nine games. Matt Davidson, 71% owned, buy low or a good buy? He's not a buy low. But, I mean, the, the line he has right now seems like it might be close to sustainable. So if you're if you're happy with the overall production, I don't know that you need to sell on him either. All right, Matt Davidson. So that basically means he's like a corner infield option. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I do want to get to our listener buy or sell. Let's talk about the rotation real quick and tell me if you have anything interesting to say about these seven or eight pitchers. Jose Quintana, Alex Wood, Gio Gonzalez, Patrick Corbin. How about ranking them? Quintana, Alex Wood, Gio, Corbin. Corbin, Quintana, Wood, Gio. 
Agreed. Why is Gio so low always on the list? He was top fifteen well, pitcher last year. He's got a two twenty two ERA and fifty strikeouts and forty four and two thirds. I'm not disagreeing. I just think it's like we, we there's something that holds us back from loving Gio. You you were complaining about Alex Woods' inability to go six innings just a few minutes ago. Gio's only done it in three of eight starts this year, so it's yeah. the same sort of thing. But he has like he's a negative on WHIP, probably unlike Wood, and. I mean, the 222 ERAs put together so far isn't sustainable. I'm not saying he's bad, but um, he's performed over his head by that measure for sure. He performed over his head the entire year last year. A lot of people said he can't do that again. So far, he's ridiculously doing it again. We just don't think he's going to keep it up. So you went, you went Corbin, Quintana, Wood, Geo. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yep. I mean, they're all in my top 50, I think. At least top 60. So it's not like this is, it's not like any of these guys are duds that you need to, no, no, no. you know, consider dropping. And then where would you put Porcello and Tanaka in that group? I would put Porcello ahead of Gonzalez, so second to last, and I'd put Tanaka right in the middle after between Quintana and Wood. Uh, Porcello is so. Okay. I'll just. Okay. Do you want me to yeah, get yeah, them yeah, all yeah. again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Corbin, Quintana, Tanaka, Wood, Porcello, and Gio. I'm going to move Gio ahead of Porcello. Other than that, I'll agree. And I, I want to be bold and be like, Rick Porcello's number two on this list behind <laughs> Corbin. I really like Porcello. I, and this is so weird. I never liked Porcello. But <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't think I'd rank him second there. I think I'd probably take him over... Alex Wood. Alex Wood, you know how many times he threw 100 pitches last year? One time. One time last year. He hasn't reached that, and, he, and that was exactly 100 pitches. And he hasn't yeah. done it yet this year. I, I mean, I, th- I think Porcello's upside is higher than Wood's, but Wood's downside, I feel like, is awfully high. That, that's the main appeal about him for me, is you can just put him in your lineup and you don't really have to worry about the ERA or whip from him. The fact he has zero wins so far, I think, is a product of just the Dodgers as a whole struggling. But I suspect they'll be in the mix in the long run, and I don't really worry so much about that. But Porcella, just by virtue of going seven innings reliably, the upside's higher. I will say, Adam, that Wood is closer for me to Gio and Porcello than he is to the Corbin, Quintana, Tanaka group. Okay, Julio Tehran, another very good start. He's five five good starts in a row, except for one which he left with an injury. And I was I was all set to drop Joey Lucchese, but he faced the Nationals without Bryce Harper. Did very well, five innings, one run, six strikeouts. Does tend to struggle third time through the order, so I, I think he started the fifth and then put a couple on. I think, but you know, I haven't been very accurate today. Well, he's he's gone less than six innings in four straight. And in two of those, the best two, where he went less than six innings, he threw fewer than 80 pitches. So clearly, there's a trust thing there with the Padres and letting him pitch deep. And, and that's going to hold him back. I mean, he's the last of this group for me. I think Tehran's clearly surpassed him at this point. He's at nearly a strikeout per inning. Um, and his swinging strikes are way up. Secondary Arsenal's been much better this year. I think Tehran's, I think we're back to good Tehran. Good, pretty much leave him in your lineup, Tehran. Okay. Yeah, I, I've moved Tehran up. I moved him up yesterday, and I'm making a special uh, trip to the rankings tool to move him up today. Interesting debate here, Tehran or Sunny Gray? Uh, it is interesting. I think I'd go Gray. <sighs> yeah, that's my that's my initial inclination, too. I I think the most likely scenario for both, based on what we've seen this year, is pretty close. I think Ray's the 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 whiff potential he showed last year puts him ahead, though. I'm actually I'm go I go I've already gone Gray. I 34 years old almost. I got a lot of Gray. It's really it's weird. Fishing like for it. new sponsors. <laughs> uh, all right, so the fringy starting pitchers, I think they're I think they're pretty uninspiring. You know, but they're available in some of these. Chris Stratton, Nick Pavetta, Trevor Williams, Ronaldo Lopez, Tyler Anderson, Zach Wheeler, Junior Guerra, Liriano. Again, we got Stratton, Pavetta, Trevor Williams, Ronaldo Lopez, 
Tyler Anderson, Zach Wheeler, Junior Guerra, Francisco Liriano. Heath, if you saw these guys on your waiver wire, who are the two that you'd want to pick up? I, you have to put Pavetta at the top just because he's flashed enough. And when he's been bad, he's been awful, but he has flashed enough upside in his good starts that, uh, he would be at the top for me. And I guess, like, I, I would, I've moved Ronaldo, Ronaldo Lopez down several times recently, but he is still, with his pedigree, he has the most upside of this group. So I'd say Lopez next. Mr. Anderson would be my second choice. Oh, Tyler, after Pavetta? Scott? Uh, yes. By the way, Hugo Weaving's character, what's his name for the Matrix? He's a pretty good villain. Pretty good. I'm not all that familiar with the Matrix. I I am so stupid that they, like, sit down and explain what the Matrix is. They're like, this is what the Matrix is, and I have, I do not get that movie (laughs) at all. Um, <laughs> uh, alright, so we're gonna look at today's matchups here, and then we'll finish with buy or sell from our listeners. Uh, what, oh, Tyler Anderson is at San Diego and at San Francisco next week. So, yeah, that Start could him. be nice. That could be nice. Uh, today's matchups. One o'clock game, Ty Bloch and Vince Velasquez. I will not start either of them. Eduardo Rodriguez at CC Sabathia. I'll start. Actually, neither of them. I I kind of like Eduardo Rodriguez, but not with that matchup, not with the way the Yankees are rolling right now. Yeah, I think I'd start Erod. Not Sabathia, huh? One thirty-nine no, no. ERA. No path for me. Yeah, I'm not starting either of them. Uh, Kansas City at the Orioles. Ian Kennedy, Chris Tillman. I could see streaming Kennedy. I could see it. I'd lean against it. Boy, let's see if we can we can convince ourselves to start six pitchers tonight. Mike, yeah, I'm sure we can. Mike Leak at J Hap. Hap, yes. Are we gonna take a Hap, leak tonight? Leak or after? No, not gonna take a leak. We're both going for the pun. That's inappropriate. There. We talked okay. over each other. Uh, you said happily ever after. I said take a leak. All right, so start Hap, sit Leak. Mike Fultonevich at Caleb Smith. Both cease. Yeah, okay. Yuck. Um, Yuck. Come on. Yeah. Nah. Be against the Marlins. You can't I bring think, yourself to do that. I think the clock may strike midnight tonight on Caleb Smith. Uh, All right. I think he's going to have a good start. We're not going to start uh, Yolisha Seen or Armand Marquez tonight in Colorado. We are going to start Tanner Roark and Zach Granke, right? We are. Yes. Yeah, Roark was the question, but yes. Uh, Jose Barrios at Garrett Richards. Start them. I'll start them both. Miles Michaelis at Jordan Lyles. Definitely Michaelis, and that's it. Yep. Uh, here's the fun one. Tyler Malley at Walker Bueller. I could do both. I'll yeah, go for both. both. Yeah. All right. So buy or sell from Eddie. Buy or sell Rafael Devers. Bye. As a stud, breakout stud this year, I'm I'm to the point where I'm selling that. There are just too many other um, quality third basemen to be that invested in him. Obviously, a lot of upside. But, but when, you, when you when you just give me the one name and that's it, I am much more interested in buying Rafael Devers right now than I am selling him. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, buy or sell? Cody Bellinger hits 30 home runs this season from Ryan. Easy buy. Bye. From Kendall, buy or sell. Adam Eaton is done for the season. <laughs> I mean, I'll sell it, but it's not crazy. Shut like, up, Heath. Sell. Bone bruises. That has ended seasons before. Shut like, up, I Scott. Thought... Don't talk what? about. Don't talk about Adam Eaton that way. Okay, sorry. Uh, bonus. If a, if a hot dog is sounds a sa- like Adam's eating crow. Yeah. If a hot dog is a sandwich, is a soft shell taco a sandwich? This is a Chris question. Yeah, Chris has like three categories of food, so I'm sure he'd say yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, from Richie, buy or sell. Domingo Armand pitches well enough to secure a rotation spot even when Jordan Montgomery is healthy. Buy. I will sell. No, he's bought. I sold. What do you know? From Hunter, buy or sell. Hanley Ramirez is back. Sell. Buy. Uh, buy yourself from Andrew. God, Zach Godley is a good buy low candidate. 
I buy it. I'm not super confident he's going to bounce back. But, like, I was looking at it yesterday. Um, this year is the aberration for him in terms of both walk rate and swinging strike rate on his curveball, which he's still throwing a ton. That was a big key to his success last year. It's just not getting to swings and misses. It had throughout the rest of his career. So the things we are most worried about Zach Godley sustaining, he has sustained. And that gives me hope. Buy or sell from Matt. Mike Clevenger is a top 30 starting pitcher. Bye. I I sell it, though. He's not missing by much. I think I even have him ranked top 30 now. And finally, buy or sell. The Braves are good. I buy. So I, I knew be I, a wild card hunt. I knew I could get you guys to disagree on one more thing. That's Scott and Heath. I'm Adam. Thank you for listening. We'll come back tomorrow. Get you ready for week eight. Who knows? I'm sure I'm wrong. Wrong about everything today. Uh, two-star pitchers and much more. See you later.